Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, the podcast designed to simplify the complex job of managing and leading people in today's world. Our goal with every podcast is to share with you that one proven practical business idea that will help you run a more sustainable and profitable and hopefully purpose-driven business. She is extremely creative. I would even label her courageous and definitely passionate about just about anything she does. Uh, if she doesn't, if she's not passionate about it, she generally won't do it. She is a very, very special friend of mine and a gal that I've known for quite some time. She's Katie Brown, the VP of Sales and Marketing for the Steamboat Ski and Resort Company in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Katie, welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. Thank you, Ed. That was an amazing introduction. Um, thank you so much. Well, it's easy to say and uh, easy to share with the audience. Did we meet during the first AIR Summit when I did my first workshop in 2007? Or was it not until two? Did we meet then? Okay. We did. Okay. Absolutely, we did. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, that's a, in, in this old guy's uh, wheelhouse. That's a long time ago, 2007. But what a relationship it's become between uh, not only you and I, but the whole organization and, and actually the community. And it's been a, a blessing in the lives of the Epleys. So I'm really excited to have you on as the, uh, as the, I think the first representative of Steamboat that, that I've had on here. So I'm excited. Oh, good. About that. Trailblazer. Love it. Yes. Well, that would be you. That would be you. <laughs> Most people have heard about a place called Steamboat Springs. How did Katie Brown end up there? And are you from there originally? Give us give us some of the background about you as well. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm actually a Colorado native. I'm from Colorado Springs. And I went to school for business and emphasis and in information systems at the University of Colorado Boulder. And that was in 91 or so. Now I get to age myself. But it was a, certainly a really tough economy at that time. Yeah. And uh, coming out of school, jobs were not really plentiful. So we decided to move up to Steamboat Springs, Colorado, which is about four hours away. So for Colorado, we? well, I did, I did come with it was my boyfriend at that time. <laughs> and um, we decided to come to Steamboat Springs just because it was four and a half hours. It was four hours away. And so it was a true destination. And it was still a different part of Colorado. But a new experience and just love of the outdoors and for the ski industry. And so I moved up here and um, I was a ski instructor the first year. And then the rest is history. Took off from there. Just loved it. Who was the head of ski school then? Uh, Rick DeVos was the head of ski school then. Jim Schneider was still working there, but Rick DeVos was the head of ski school. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's a couple of regimes ago. was (laughs) Was that ASC, the ownership then? Or who was the owners then? Do you remember? At that point, it was Komori International. So, so the Japanese although, owned it. Yeah, yeah, the Japanese owned it. And although I've uh, only been at this one company really since 91, I've been through many different ownerships, many different leaderships. I feel like I've worked in several different companies. But you have. The one thing that, yeah, the one thing that has stayed true is Steamboat, our brand, and uh, who we are. So it's been great. You know, uh, we had our son and daughter-in-law's wedding there uh, eight years ago. 
we were blessed to uh, be able to do it at the perfect time of the year, September 22nd. And it was a spectacular time. And so friends and family joined us there and most of whom had never been to Steamboat before. So they saw it at its arguably one of the best times of year. And yet they've not seen it all year round, like I've been fortunate to do at various times. So what do you think the biggest thing that would surprise most people who've not been there or have never lived there? What's the biggest thing that's a surprise, if you will, or different than might people might expect about living in Steamboat Springs? That's a really good question. We're known for our skiing and all of our brand. But once you get here and living as a family, it, everyone finds it surprising. We don't have snow days. You know, the kids, they, they don't get snow days. Of the 30 years I've been here, we've only had one day that was kind of a snow day. And it was because it was 40 below zero. And quite honestly, the buses couldn't start. So that was the only time we had something like that. So we're pretty resilient, um, true grit in this town. And, you know, something else, too, is we talk about our Olympians, but the Olympians are just like us. And it's just amazing to me. I'll look around the room and I'll go to a workout class and I'm working next right next door to an Olympian. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening or their parents in the same classes, high standards <laughs> around here, but it's just who we are. And um, you'd be surprised that what we're marketing is actually true. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it, was it 79 Olympians? Oh, no, it's closer to uh, 90 now. I think it's 91 or so. Yeah. 90. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh gee. Yeah. So you, you can't throw a dead cat. Without oh yeah. One, I, that's you? saying it's so funny. <laughs> they fought it up a couple of times. On a chairlift is how we've adapted that. You can't swing a dead cat on a chairlift without hitting one. <laughs> All right. You are the VP of sales and marketing for what's arguably one of the strongest brands, you could say in the ski industry, but you could argue in business. Ski Town USA, Champagne Powder are a couple of them- thematic things that you've done from a branding. Is brands as critical as I think it is? for Steamboat Ski and Resort Company, or is it just something that's happened? I mean, was it, was it, did somebody say, no, we've got to create this brand or has it just evolved? I think it's evolved, but it's so genuine that it still stays true to itself. And even though it's evolved and adapting, it's still the same thing. We've, we've been able to count our brand main pillars on our hand, five of them, and they really haven't changed, even though we've evolved around those. For Steamboat, it is absolutely a necessity. It sets us apart from the other areas, specifically in the industry, and not being a commodity. If you think about it in skiing, we all have blue skies. Well, most of us, Colorado, okay. But anyway, we all have blue skies. We have white snow. We have, so how do you set yourself apart? And this um, coming up with this brand, it really does, people know what to expect and they will truly experience it when they come to visit us. Do you think the Yampa Valley curse exists. Do you think that? I do. Okay. Explain to the audience what the Yampa Valley curse is. Yeah. The Yampa Valley curse is, those of you that have experienced it, you know exactly when it happens. And it's pretty much when you round the bend coming down Rabbit Ears Pass and you see the valley and it's kind of shocking. And you're like, wow, this seems like a really cool place. And then you come on in and you experience it and it's so much fun and it just gets into your blood. And it's just something you become a member of the community and you might be traveling internationally and not come back for years, but you know about our community and you have this love and affection for it and you just want to come back and you just want to be a part of it. Would you agree, Ed? Yeah, I, 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 oh yeah, it's I'm I'm a victim of the curse. No, no question about it. It's if it's it's uh, my words, maybe not somebody else's, but it's essentially if you visit Steamboat or Route County, if you've if you get exposed to the valley, you are bound to return. 
it's it's inevitable you will come back absolutely and you can't help yourself and and you certainly won't fight it if you have to go there <laughs> oh if somebody twists your arm you'll go okay i'll go <laughs> where someplace else you might not it is really something special yes i want to go back to the brand for a second so it is critical to differentiate differentiate yourself from others with whom you compete it allows you to not be viewed as much as a commodity you certainly see a ton of other businesses there in the community in the and probably in the industry as well where do they do where do most of them go wrong in building their brand because you are certainly a brand expert you you uh people could could talk to you and get a, a, a literally a degree in in the understanding of what brands are and why they matter and how to do it so where do most people drop the ball do you think to put it simply it's just maybe when they're trying to be something that they're not you want to be genuine to who you are and if you don't know your why, as Simon Sinek says, um, you, you need to come up with that and then come up to that vision around it and make sure that you can promise on it. I've seen, you know, other resorts, maybe, uh, they, for example, they might want to be a destination resort, but they're maybe not attracting destination guests. They're attracting more regional guests, meaning people just that are driving toward them. So if they're going to really want to right. be a destination resort, but really it's only a different type of guest that's coming, you might have a miss there. So you need to make sure that what you're providing is um, what you're promising and that's your brand. So make sure that it's genuine and it's really who you are. Has the brand ever gotten off track at Steamboat? And you know, you've been there a while. Have there? Have you ever tried to be something you weren't? I think sometimes during different ownerships, we've had those challenges, but luckily the uh, group that's still here and part of this community has been able to overcome that. And it might be just, you know, why don't we put together some big bogner and fur and jewelry stores? Well, quite honestly, that just doesn't fit with our brand. And it sounds great, um, but it's probably more of a brand in Aspen. I can see you laughing, but it's true in that it just doesn't fit our brand. And it's not to say that we don't have the same level clientele coming in here, but if we did have that in this town, it would just look odd. So yeah, I think it's been a challenge. I'm, yeah, I am, I am laughing. One of the parts of their brand that never gets verbalized, it never, you'll never see it promoted, but they are, there's a bit of pirate in the, uh, the ski folks at the Steamboat Springs and, uh, and skiing resorts. There's a bit of, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we're going to do what we need to do to make this work. And we're, we're, I'm not going to say that they would, would say yes and then go do something else, but, but they, they they know who they are and they're going to be true to that and uh, they're I I love their spirit I think that's one of the reasons I'm so attracted to uh, the 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 group that runs this organization and how they run it and and why they've been so successful that's right you know you you've acknowledged you really haven't worked anywhere else professionally outside of of uh, this one but you've had other jobs I'm sure what was the first job you had. What first time you ever got a paycheck? <laughs> the first job I ever had was um, when I was in high school and I worked at Wendy's and I was, um, you know, flipping burgers <laughs> and serving fries. It does. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I could um, think you'd have been great at it. You would have yeah. been a good, good employee. You would have worked really hard. You would have tried to do your best. What'd you learn there? What'd you learn? Um, just to be flexible. I'm trying to work with... Um, the guests, you know, they're always coming in with different moods, but I would just always try to have fun with them because they're, you know, try to make it painless for them and just have a good time. And just, I enjoyed meeting everybody too. Well, 
I wish I would have had you in my experience at Wendy's yesterday. As a matter of fact, I went through the drive-through yesterday. <laughs> I could have, could have used you in, in that in that role. You're listening to the Ed Epley Experience. Email Ed now with your questions for today's guest to podcast at theepleygroup.com. In his book, Let's Be Clear, Six Disciplines of Focused Management Pros, author Ed Epley breaks down key practices of professional management, how to implement them, and why it matters. Purchase your copy on Amazon.com today. Develop your competitive edge for the future while building a sustainable and thriving business. Your executive team has literally, with the exception of one person, I think, uh, has completely changed. No, Trish was there as well. So two, mm-hmm. uh, two or three, probably. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so, so what's it like to see such a significant portion of the executive team turnover in a, what, four, four year period of time? What's that been like as you've also changed ownership? Uh, of the ski resort. We went from being owned by Altera, I'm sorry, by um, Fortress to being owned by Altera. So what's what's that like for people? And we had a changeover in our COO. The industry itself hasn't really changed, but our leadership definitely has. I look back and I think, okay, well, we might've gone from a militaristic senior type team to, I would think, much more collaborative. And um, we went from a perception of, if you look back in the days, just especially within the ski industry, these are my terms, but, you know, kind of stodgy, older white men with ski sweaters that were really styly that were running the company, that they would basically send out the business plan and the budgets once a year, and you did what was done, and that was the end of it. And I think that's probably a little bit extreme, but not that far off. Um, now I feel like which we're much more aligned and cohesive and uh, we're constantly adapting to these changing conditions. Um, we're much more nimble with, uh, we've come up with different thematic goals. I'm sure you, as you know, and those have helped create, you know, some real great short-term rally cries that the senior team then can adopt and roll out to directors, supervisors, managers, and the frontline employees. And everyone is going toward the same thing. Um, and that's helped the entire company be aligned and um, and successful for our key stakeholders, you know, the employees, community, investors. Um, an example right now is uh, we just came getting ready for the season. We just came up. Our rally cry is reset, refuel and refocus. And it's just like we're um, we're ship coming into dock right now and we're getting ready for this season. And how are we going to do it? And we're going to reset, have different plans. We're going to make sure our employees are ready to go and refocus on um, set those priorities, make sure we've got them straight. So your company is one of the few of my clients that has gone down this path of the, you, your season was ending when COVID really hit. And so while you have a summer season with, with, with uh, summer activities, then, you know, you had some time off before that. And then you had some time here between the summer season, before the ski season, the snow season starts back up. So what's different about the way you're operating going into the new season compared to when you came out of the previous season, even though COVID's been there the entire time? So is it, where are you in that journey of, of figuring out how to operate with COVID-19? 
what's changed is everything. <laughs> but what's wonderful about it with COVID, you know, these there are some silver linings. It's crazy. But one of them is just for the ski industry, you know, we're outdoors. What better business to be set up? You naturally wear masks. You naturally wear gloves. Right. We naturally distance, you know. So for us, it's getting through the summer. We had a few events open just to kind of see what to expect, what could we do and learn from that? And uh, our, our rally cry coming out was uh, ready, set, go. So getting ready for it, set up for it, and then go. And just now we've go is about anticipating what are those pinch points going to be? What are the pain points? What can we do to encourage our guests, our employees, our teams that um, we're going to have a great season? And, you know, we're trying to make it as healthy and you know, not as scary as possible for some people and just let them know that it's going to be a great year. And even though COVID's out there, we can still enjoy the great outdoors. I, you know, I've never stopped flying uh, for all intents and purposes. I, I guess I was off maybe four weeks, give or take, once COVID started. But I, I started flying Memorial Day weekend and I haven't, I don't know, I've been eight or nine flights now. And, and, and those who listen to my mini logs know I've talked about it's never been a better time to travel. Um, is that the biggest issue you think you're going to face is people being okay, getting on planes and coming to a destination? It's not what they do and how they have to behave when they get there because they're going to be outdoors per se, but is it more about just getting there that, that will be the biggest stumbling block? Well, that's how I felt about three months ago, but we work very closely with the airlines because we have some nonstop flights that come in to our Valley right. and. I'm not worried about that, believe it or not. We've had a real vote of confidence. Southwest Airlines just decided to fly into Steamboat in this year. We've never had them before. And that was a major vote of confidence. And what we're also seeing is these airlines are doubling up on flights to the West. People want to travel and they want to go where they're safe and where it's big, as I said, wide open outdoors and where they can just enjoy themselves. So um, our flights really seem like they're doing amazingly well. Um, not everyone's going to get on there. And, you, and I don't know whatever you do that they're going to change. But right now, they seem to be wanting to take that risk. They want to go, uh, what we're hearing is maybe smaller airports, check, we've got that. And nonstop flights, check, we have that. So in my view, we're really set up for success. You know, the, For us, it's going to be about we just rolled out this thing called the Trail Forward. It's our overall campaign for our guests to say, when you get here, this is what you can expect. Because every single thing, especially for our repeat guests, is changing. You know, the way you order your lift tickets might change, the way you right. order your food. And so how do we communicate that and get that out there and just make sure we don't have everyone on top of each other, um, just, you know, spread out. So I think that that was a tough one on the airlines thinking that would be the biggest hindrance. But right now I don't think that's it at all. Do you mind if I ask what you think is? Mm -hmm. I think it's just confidence that they can still take a vacation and that's not going to be upset. And I think that's why we've rolled out as many policies as we have assurance and worry-free. It's just, you know, come March, that was probably our busiest time of the year when we closed right. within that day. So trying to get overcome those perceptions that that could happen again. I think that's, and giving the guests confidence that it's going to be okay and it's going to be great. I can tell you, having having been part of some of those conversations with you and your peers, it's a, um, there, there, people can be very sure that the due diligence that's being done to make it a safe and enjoyable experience have been 
exhaustive and uh, no stun left unturned. I, mm-hmm. That's how I would view it. I've watched your growth as a leader along a couple of paths. One, I've watched you climb in, in position. So I've gotten to uh, to see you take on more and more responsibility. And I've gotten, I've gotten to see you, uh, I got to see you, I guess, under pressure in a couple of different scenarios at different times and places. So I feel like I've seen you evolve, but I think fundamentally you're still the same Katie Brown that I've known pretty much the entire time that we've known each other. I don't think you've fundamentally, you're not a different person. So I'm curious though about, do you feel like your growth has been very intentional or has it just been natural and it's just somewhat organic? I think it's very natural and organic, but I had to allow myself to accept that. Um, As I've grown into my role and become more confident, I've created it into my leadership style and not what my predecessor style was. And um, that it's much more collaborative. It's, um, truly showing vulnerability and clearly courage and the ability to challenge and have a rumble or be brutally honest. Um, those are all different skills that at first, maybe I didn't grow through that when I w- my predecessors didn't have those skills necessarily as our team. But now that I have my team and I've seen right, my team right. really react um, positively to it, and we've even rolled that out to our senior team, as you're aware. And um, I think we've just become a stronger, cohesive team because of it. And it was just the ability to trust my instincts and know that that ability to challenge and, as people call me, red hot brown. Every now and then, that's it's it's good, you know. And to be out there and be confident in it and know that we're going to get through it and we're going to get through it together. Well, you've certainly been a sponge. I mean, a couple of things I should have added in my introduction about Katie. One, she's been voracious in wanting, uh, you know, information and ideas about what management and leadership might look like. But then I think the other part of it has been the discipline that she brings to the way she does her job. So while it's very natural, it's who she is. It's uh, your style is very much yours. I, I've I don't think I have anybody that does a better job at running meetings and doing the work to run great meetings than I've seen you do. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure you have bad ones like everybody, but do, do, you, do you does that discipline come natural to you? To, to, to fixate on making sure we're going to, we're going to talk about the right things. We're going to, you know, we're going to do the homework needed to, to be able to run good meetings. And uh, so it seems to me that, that boy, you just do it all the time. So where, how does that, how does that come about? It does come natural because it's just, I think we all set our goals and we want to get in there and there's not enough time to mess around, you know? So naturally it's like, what are we here for? What do we want to do? Are we staying on track? And I just find that the more I'm doing it, it's becoming more and more natural. I mean, it's been okay. interesting to roll it out. Just uh, started with my team first, and I worked with you Ed, very closely. I know you called me a sponge, but I'd call it a disciple. <laughs> but I found that it worked <laughs> out very well. And our teams then were doing it to their teams. But the hardest part, quite honestly, was rolling it out to the senior team because they've been doing it the way they've been doing it for 20 some years. And um, now they're into it more than anybody. And it's because once you start doing it, it becomes addicting because it proves itself out. You are productive. You are communicating the same way. You are having honest conversation, but you're coming out with results. And um, yeah, I I probably am more of a disciple than a sponge. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I, 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 well, that's very nice of you to say that. Um, what, what do you think the biggest change is in the way you manage and lead today versus let's say uh, four or five years ago? What, if, if, uh, if I worked for you through this time period, what would I say? Man, she's changed here, whatever that happens to be. I would say maybe more just, again, being vulnerable, being a strong leader, knowing your team and their styles and adapting your style to theirs and trying to work through what that is. And COVID was a really interesting time for me to see the different styles of our teammates. And um, I think you sent this over to me and it was so true. It was a fight, flight or freeze, as we've all talked about. But to see the people that were ready to just fight and, you know, let's go do this. And those that were just frozen. And I'm like, hello, we, we, we got to do something here, you know, but they're frozen. And then the in between. And um, I, I didn't anticipate where everyone would be. And it was so surprising to me that naturally how people where they landed and then trying to adapt my style to what they're and where they were in that process. Um, it's been great. And it's just also just tying in their, their natural styles. Um, are they introvert? Are they extrovert? But it's all about the people I say is what I have focused on mostly for my leadership. Are there any female COOs or executives uh, running ski resorts today? There are some, um, running the actual ski resorts. Yes, but there is a lot of opportunity for women to come up and break through this. We'll call it the ice ceiling, right? For ski industry, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, we're ready. And, and it's, especially through these DEI diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, the time is now, um, they're ready. And, uh, hopefully we start seeing more and more. And, um, I challenge our company. It's one of my goals is to really put together some strong programs for women within the industry. I mean, you know, ski like a girl should be the greatest compliment ever. (laughs) I've never heard that. Um, so, so if, if, uh, if, if the position presented itself, you might not turn it down if, if, if that's what I'm hearing. I would welcome the challenge. And I'd like to do it for, the, for those around me that are, are striving for it too. You know, it's, it's time to have that voice for sure. Yeah, well, I will tell you if there's, there's uh, somebody who could do it I, uh, that, that happens to be female that I know, it would definitely be you. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> You'd Thank be you. my choice. Uh, I have no doubt you could could handle it uh, given the right uh, circumstances. You'd be all over it. Um, you know, we always promise the listeners one proven idea to help them run a more successful business or a team or organization. So if there was only one thing that I could do as a boss or a manager or an owner to run a more successful business from your point of view, what would it be? Well, we certainly have gone through a lot, but the one that I always go back on and feel so true is it's all about the people in your team and the ideal team player and humble, hungry, and smart. And those that exercise of knowing and finding the balance of people that are all three, hungry, humble, and smart is so important. And how is that going to fit into your team? Um, you know, I've, we've talked about this where you might find someone who's extremely hungry and extremely smart, but if they're not humble, we all know what sometimes those players are like, and will that fit within your team? And sometimes that will fit within your team and maybe not others. But to me, trying to come into it, it's hard to go backwards on uh, employee hiring decisions. So using this tool set and um, having that, it's also an opportunity as a filter. If you're struggling with a 
employee that you can come back to it and see where are they struggling? Is it being hungry? Is it being humble? Is it being smart? You know, well, how can I help them? So to me, that's one of the greatest tools um, and for success, no matter what industry you're in. Well, you certainly have all the, all three of those qualities. Uh, she is, she is humble. folks. She is hungry. No question about that. And she has emotional intelligence <laughs> that I wish I would have had a lot sooner in my career than I did. And she, I, yeah, I, I could work for a Katie Brown. I can tell you that. Katie, you know, your organization has been working pretty much virtually since the COVID outbreak. And your team, while everybody's in town and probably has even seen each other shopping or doing whatever, you've not been in each other's presence much. And then recently we had an offsite where everybody was together. So where where do you fall into when the group, you know, should should come together in times like these? Does it matter? I think it does matter. It's been interesting to see those that are kind of bunkered up and really just don't want to leave the house at all. And then those that are, you know, willing to be out there, put a mask on, let's just be safe and get together for the team dynamics. It's hard because you don't have your normal water cooler chat walking down the hallways. And I have seen that to be tough, but in another way, um, our center reservations used to all be in one area and one building and cubicles. And now they're all separate and they feel their communication is better than ever because they've been able to go virtually through chats and dinging each other. And uh, it's been really interesting to see, but I think to bring them together, even with my team throughout the summer, we did it three or four times. And it was whenever we were working on our new rally cry or strategy type sessions. And I do feel it's important to be together and see each other's reactions and to really be honest with each other. And um, you find that dynamic of just physically being near each other. We're social creatures and we, we want that and you like it or not, all you introverts, you're still a social creature and you're going to find some um, comfort in being together. And for the session that you had, Ed, there was a couple people on the team, that senior team that had been bunkered up. And honestly, I think that was the first time they'd been in a meeting at all in person. And at first they were a little bit freaked out. And, um, you know, we put them in the corner, we put them away, you know, we're like, okay, I mean, basically a glass bubble, but then they started opening up and they were just completely new people. And it was just like, oh, it was a deep breath. And I think they felt the camaraderie with all of us together and the fellowship and how we're all in this together. So I do feel being together is important. Not all the time. You want to be safe about it, but I do feel that there's opportunities for it. Yeah. If folks want to reach out to you, Katie, what's the what's the best way for them to reach you if they want to know more and you know learn more either about how they manage and lead or, or have questions of you? Okay, I guess I'll go old school and just do an email. <laughs> and it's the letter K Brown, like the color, at steamboat.com. I think you've managed to maintain, like most people in Steamboat, pretty good work-life balance, although what you do is a lifestyle. So if you email her, she probably would respond. She's she she, <laughs> she she's that kind of gal, mm-hmm. folks. I, Absolutely. I, uh, I hope you all have the pleasure of meeting Katie Brown in your, your lives and careers because she's sure been a blessing in mine. Katie, thanks so much for, for being a guest here today on the Ed Epley Experience. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I know we will do this again. Yes. Thank you, Ed. As I said, you're supposed to do one thing a day that scares you. This was it today. And I feel so much stronger because of it. And I can't thank you enough for including me. All right, dear. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley Experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's the Epley, E-P-P-L-E-Y group.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills. 